0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey, everyone, welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. Um, and this week we have the amazing M. Christian back to read again. For those of you who hadn't heard the last one, you should go back and listen to it. Calling M. Christian versatile is a tremendous understatement, extensively published in science fiction, fantasy, horror, thrillers, and even in nonfiction. It is in erotica that M. Christian has become an acknowledged master with stories in such anthologies as Best American Erotica, Best Gay Erotica, Best Lesbian Erotica, Best Bisexual Erotica, Best Fetish Erotica, and in fact, too many anthologies, magazines, and sites to name. M. Christian's short fiction has been collected in many best-selling books in a wide variety of genres, including the Lambda Award finalist Dirty Words and other queer collections like Filthy Boys and Bodywork. He has also published collections of erotic science fiction, including Rude Mechanicals, Technoerotica, Better Than the Real Thing, Bachelor Machine, Skin Effect, and Hard Drive, The Best Science Fiction Erotica of M. Christian. As a novelist, he's shown his monumental versatility with books such as the Queer Vamp novels, Running Dry, and The Very Bloody Marys, The Erotic Romance Brushes, the science fiction erotic novel Painted Doll, and the rather controversial gay horror thrillers Fingered's Breath and Me Too. But he has other tricks up his literary sleeve. In addition to writing, he's a prolific and respected anthologist, having edited 25 anthologies to date, including the best SM erotica series, Pirate Booty, My Love for All That Is Bizarre, Sherlock Holmes erotica, The Burning Pen, The Mammoth Book of Future Cops, and The Mammoth Book of Tales of the Road with Mac. Maxim Jakubowski, whose name I always pronounce wrong, (laughs) Confessions, Garden of the Perverse and Amazons with Sage Vivant and many more. He's also a celebrated sexual futurist both through his novels and short stories, as well as being senior columnist for the future of sex, which provides insights into the fascinating topic of the future of human sex and sexuality. And finally, M. Christian is a sought-after columnist for kink and sex education sites like Kinkly, Hot Movies, Fetish.com, and many others, as well as lecturing at BDSM events all over the country when the world is open. He can also be heard on the regular podcasts he does with Dr. Amy Marsh, Love's Outer Limits, and Ralph Greco Jr.'s Licking Non-Vanilla, info about which can all be found at mchristian.com forward slash podcasts, and the link is in the show notes. So welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for that sweet introduction. That was really very touching.
0: (laughs) It's so good to have you. Um, So what are you going to read for us today?
1: Um, I rocked my brains trying to find something. And I finally decided to to kind of pick out an old favorite. Um, I originally wrote this, I think, probably towards the end of the 90s. And it's cyberpunk you know, William Gibson-esque, you know, qualities will be very apparent. And some of the terminology might kind of appear dated, but I always kind of like the story and the technology being used in it, as well as, you know, some of the character dynamics and such. So I decided to choose this one. I've actually written some new stories, but right now they're kind of spoken for by the Nobills podcast. So I would love to read one of those because they're much more kind of where I am now versus where I was then. But you know, case I mean, when those show up, you can follow, follow them on my Twitter feed, uh, which is just mchristianzova, and I'll be announcing when those appear. The first one, Kitsugi, which is odd because I can't pronounce the own title of my own story, has gone live fairly recently. Cool. But um, this one's called Hack Work, and I think it originally appeared in one of the Mammoth books. Um, I could probably look it up, but I'm just simply too lazy. Um, so... Whenever you want me to start, I can just go in. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited. And again, you know, for everyone out there, I apologize if I stumble because I've often found that my speaking voice and my writing voice are not the same. So sometimes I'm, I will, you know, kind of trip over. Also the way this is structured, um, there's like several things like our, you know, characters talking that may not get tags. So that's a little confusing. I apologize. Um, but anyway let's get started on this Um, it's called hack work and then here's the opening it's like hit her he said his voice an inch from from my ear inside my skull hit her now the crop didn't feel like much to me but i knew it felt more real to him wherever he was hit her damn it his voice copper his anger stars and then first warning scrawled by my eyesight just outside my peripheral vision sent straight into my optic nerve the crop was light almost not in my hand at all she was on the bed on her stomach ass ripe ripe and full plump and soft all but steaming with excitement already flexing and relaxed and releasing in preparation hit her now it wasn't my first but I remember that one very well better than all of them I was in New Orleans, dumped after my last fare's money ran out. I'd been stuck in a dingy French Quarter apartment with a lanky white trash asshole, a Bible Belt gigolo, his body greasy and alternatively sagging and hard as rock as he fucked me. When I felt my fare start to come, ghostly quivers flickering up and down my spine, and a phantom tightness in the crotch and balls I could feel but didn't have, I braced myself, predicting the fare to be a cheap bastard. Too true. As he came and so he went, clipping the connection as his cock, wherever it was, started to spurt. As he did, and his ghostly cock and balls vanished from my senses, I pushed the gigolo off and got as far away as I could from him and his horribly bleached and spotted body, his sagging gut and his spotted crooked cock. I ignored his base complaints, a mix of locally mangled Spanish English, and Japanese spice with a Tourette syndrome stream of fucks, bitches, and motherfuckers at not being able to show his fine, good, fine loving to me. The pretty lady. I claimed, I, I claimed my clothes, efficiently climbed back into them, and left as fast as possible. The day was pounding hot, a sauna like only New Orleans could be. I swam, struggling for breath until I found the first bar that didn't look like either a trap or too fucking expensive. In the back, I found a lonely booth, paid the attendant, a piebald mulatto Korean kid with a cheap Russian prosthetic hand and found the unit. Sliding my thumb over the ID window, I charged up an hour of blissful oblivion, followed by a chaser of soulful self-examination. Too soon, the lights of heaven faded, the angels put away their instruments and the clouds broke up behind my eyes. Then I felt them turn deeply inward, looking hard and long at the face they were stuck in. It wasn't a bad job. I've had worse, God knows. Horror stories told to me by marionettes and jockeys sitting around company shops waiting for upgrades and maintenance of wet fun, thrill kills, near deaths, and even baby wipes. Compared to being dumped in a box apartment somewhere with blood sticking everything to everything else, copper scent too strong in your nose and most of a face staring back at you from the bed, being a simple hired hack was a good gig. Blame the elegant facial structure, as it says in my vid catalog entry, the piercing blue eyes, clean 36, 25, 36, mostly artificial, long blonde hair and fully compatible, but I hadn't had a day to myself as myself for almost three months. I was popular, I was busy, I was busy not being myself. When I was in the right mood, when I picked sarcastic self assessment rather than soulful self examination, I would say that I didn't really know who Rosalind Moss was anymore, just someone in the back seat screaming out directions. The fair came on later that night. I was stretched out in yet another room in yet another coffin hotel. They all become one after a point. The broken telephone in to- Tokyo, the broken vid in London, the smelly mattress and soul all floated and combined to form one fuzzy box, a place to wait and wait until someone told me what to do. Dispatch flickered the fair waiting yellow, uh, yellow and black status bar across my eyesight covering the static fuzzy and rolling image of a local religious zealot spraying spittle as he and his topless nun begged for donations. Then the words, and I actually started to dream them, their tones and words warbling and wavering as I flew through dreamscapes, even the rented ones, warning me that soon, very soon, I wouldn't be my own person anymore. Thank you for selecting Express Taxi Service, the premier service for high-class quality personal escorts. In a few minutes, you'll be connected to one of our expert and highly trained taxi personnel. You may feel some disorientation as your nervous system matches with our relay service. If you experience any form of discomfort or nausea, please summon the assistance of one of our monitors by patting your stomach twice. Please stand by while we interface with your BioMate transmission system. Thank you again for selecting Express Taxi, and we hope you have a pleasant trip. Interface, i.e., the falling over, the crisp, clean disorientation as the fare matches with me, shakes hands with my cortical shunts and bioplast sensory nodes. Then, just like that, I didn't feel quite like myself. My senses have been subverted, processed, compressed by black magic algorithms, Zipped via the monowire antenna that ro- landed on my spine to the nearest uplink, and then wherever the fare was, laying back and enjoying the scratchy mattress, the chill of the box's air conditioning, and the slight cramp in my leg. I got a little feedback from him, just enough to tell me that he was indeed a he, that he wasn't so short or tall as to screw up my balance. He got most of it, most of what I was feeling, tasting, seeing, hearing, smelling. From what I could figure, stretching stretching myself with my usual series of slight exercises to orient him to my body's sensations, the way I feel things as opposed to the way he feels things. He was about my height and near enough to my weight. Once again, I felt the phantom sensation of a cock and balls. You You can get used to anything, I suppose. Walking was the hardest part putting one leg in front of the other sometimes with a heavy and meaty sausage and meatballs between your legs after you weren't born with them. It took me months of practice not to move like, like, without waddling like a damn duck. Then I was sure that he was completely settled in, riding pig- piggyback on my senses. I introduced myself as rote and familiar as brushing my teeth or tying my shoes. Good evening, sir, I said to myself in the spacious confines of my pay-by-the-day aluminum coffin. My heirs were play, playing the words to him. My name is Rosalind Moss. Your taxi for this trip. I am a 34 year old biological female in top physical condition with no aches or pains that you need be aware of. May I ask your name, sir? Go to, go to 1213 Flood Street immediately. Take a cab. Don't waste my time. British accent poured thinly over somewhere else Eastern Europe, Germany, Russia immediately and flood sounded fluid and bubbling. I'd been used to the cheap, where time is really money. So I knew the drill, I knew the man. Yet another, another vicarious fuck, yet another nameless pickup. So he could feel like a woman, me, felt it. I thought, at least, I was wrong. Be efficient, he added as I climbed out of my box. I know this town, I know the way. Outside the night was hot and sticky, a blanket wrapped around me, the day's legacy. People move through it like underwater ferns and fish. I knew it must have been bad, sweltering for me to feel it. For my fare, though, it must have felt like a steam bath. He wasn't new to this, of being taxi fare, so I didn't bother to warn him about the markups on my expenses. I just walked out into the hard sodium lights and to the nearest call box and swiped my card. Pay for a rush, he said, the only, th- only thing he'd said since hiring me. Yes, sir. What may I ask is to be your pleasure tonight? He didn't respond. So I leaned against the side of the call box in the heavy, hot New Orleans night and waited. What did I care? My meter was running. She was beautiful, stretched out on the huge bed, a Monday night expanse of all but filled her bedroom. She looked at me with huge earthen eyes, lit by a quivering desire, a pulse pounding fever. Her mouth was on my right nipple, painting it with the gleam of her wet lips hard almost to the point of pain. I felt her rub it with the cool strength of her, white ghost, her, her ghostly white teeth. Then she really sucked and I felt my legs turn to rubber and my cunt get heavy, wet, and hot. In my hand, the crop was all but intangible. We took a table near the back and the soft shadows with the industrial lights around the stage didn't reach. There was a red biolight in the center of the diamond plate tabletop making it an island of rich blood on the stage a woman was cutting herself with a utility knife sliding it in and uh, i'm saying it will make up sorry with a utility knife sliding it in diagonal slices across her thin boyish body even in the back in the shadows of our ruby island i could see the blackness of her red her blood dot and streak down her belly waist and thighs cutting and bleeding she sang a meaningless song catching her head back to rumble out a random handful of notes, a jumble of half tunes, mostly lost above the chatting, drinking, and laughing crowd. We paid at the door, giving my card to a heavily modified doorman. His face all clear plastic to best show off the geometries of the circuits running underneath, then entered, pausing inside just long enough for my eyes to dilate against the shadows and the sanguine biolights. To the bar. You can, see her, you can see well enough now. Sir, I said, I do not know if you have been informed or not, but the consumption of conscious modifiers of any form violates the terms of my hire. Not drink, just go. I went to the bartender, a giant man whose skin was much too glossy, too thick, too dark to be organic, who, had his st- who held his stare with me longer than usual when he saw the taxi mark on my forehead. He was used to hacks and having to wait until the fair gave orders. Ask for a crop. I want a crop, please. He smiled, showing teeth cramped by 22 bullets, a tongue the color of a tire rubber, and brought out a plastic and nylon riding crop. Longer, smaller tip. I repeated my fare's instructions. Her, uh, his eyes were a brilliant red, as if filled with blood or a wine. And, and I noticed as a bartender brought out another. Pay him. I did. He swiped my card with cool reflexes. Take it to the table in the back. I did. And my fair sat down to watch the show. Sometimes um, she dropped an octave or two as she cut too deep or just deep enough. Her. There were many. The place was busy. Boys in paint and piercings and nothing else. Blonde warriors colored in biolight circuits. Primitive glyphs and signets. Men roped with amplifier cords, their glandular immenseness augmented by the matte coils. Girls whose bodies vanished and appeared in slices as their fashionally designed industrial plastic dresses. Women with anger-lit eyes prowling the club and scratching the steel plate with their charged nails, leaving cascades of sparks and a machine shop howl. Her, the one in the simple dress, hair up, choker of floptical cable, diamond flashing eyes, the one that looked scared. She did look that way, hunted eyes scanning, trying not to make contact with anyone. She looked like she was caught, trapped, as if the whole nightmare club had descended on her. She'd been, look, walk, she'd been just walking home when the place had collapsed and swallowed her. Despite the fevered, rashes of, uh, fevered dashes of her head, though, she didn't once step towards the door, towards exit. I timed it just right. When she turned, I caught her eye, gestured her towards our table. Her. I guess I was a lot less frightened than the others, outwardly. Inwardly, my fare was calm, patient. I didn't get anything from him but the duly flashing hired indicator just outside my normal range of vision. She sat down, smiled a flash of pure white teeth and didn't say a word. Ask her what she's doing here. I tapped the taxi mark on my forehead, the tattoo that meant I wasn't my own person and my words too often were not my own. What are you doing here? She shrugged, her hair was curly, close cropped uh, dreads pinned by a tight band of dimly glowing fabric. It's soft blue light making her face appear to be hovering in material above her black clothed, dark body. I was curious, she said with a hint of a Southern accent though not so strong as to peg her as being local, off the streets. I heard about it from a friend. She told me some things I wanted to see for myself. Put the crop on the table. Ask her if she knows what it means. I did as he told me, as I was hired to do. Do you know what that means? I do, I really know what it means. Does she really? Do you really? I do, I've been told I want to. Take her someplace. Hers if it's closer. Do you want to go somewhere? Nine. The voice, the force of it almost like a hard slap behind my ear in my skull. Do not ask. Tell her. Say to her, we are going now. Do it. She had seen the look of shock cross my face. She waited patiently. We're going somewhere. Now better, said the man in my in my head. Hers was closer. "'a tiny apartment four blocks away. "'I got maybe 20 feet from the unnamed club "'when he said, come up from behind her, "'take her wrists, and put them behind her back. "'Do it. "'Sir, it is against nine. "'Do you not understand? "'This is foreplay. "'This is before. "'Do as I say, or I will complain.' "'I did what I was hired to do. "'I reached over and grabbed her right wrist, "'put it behind her back, then followed with her left. "'It was clumsy with the crop still in my hand, "'but I managed.' thinking more of the act of juggling the nylon plastic than of what I was going to do, might end up doing. She leaned back, she leaned back, sorry, she leaned back into me, shocked by the move, the force, though I had been as gentle as possible and and tilted her head back. Kiss her, wine, a a tiny trace of garlic. Her tongue was strong, wrestling wrestling with mine. Her lips were fat and full. I broke when he told me to, said fucking slut when he told me to, and pushed her hard back down the street. She turned, flattening herself against an ancient brick wall, fear lighting her eyes. I felt nausea boil in my guts. Where? Where, I echoed, feeling my, mo- my mind fall into the groove, retreat from my connection with what was going on. It wasn't a technical thing. I just didn't want to be there anymore. Didn't want to be part of what I was bubbling up. I did as I was told, following her to her place, waiting while she scanned her thumb, climbing the steep steps with her, going inside. The place was dark, so she clicked on a bio light that ringed her bedroom, a huge black wrought iron bed, a Christ against the wall, also huge, looking like it might have fallen off some church, sadly watching over her bed. He said I did, grabbing her shoulder and turning her so show that she faced away from me. He said, I did, putting my hand over her mouth, cupping it as I bit down at the thick muscles of the back of her neck. He said, said, and yes, I did, taking hold of the dress and pulling hard, hearing and seeing the cloth tear all the way down to her ankles. Throw her on the bed. Her back was hot like a pot left in the fire. I shoved, feeling myself pulled back to the last, resisting the feeling to shove her really hard really throw her onto the expanse of black sheets and turned black iron. Turning, she looked back over her shoulder like a wild animal hearing the hunter thrash through the brush. She was gorgeous, body full and rich, rounded ass, thighs, and breasts, poured overflowing into a purple bra, garter's hose. No panties, just a black fog of curly hair. His voice thundering. Hit her. Nine! Wait first. Take her ankles. Pull her towards you. Idiot. Put the crop down first. On the bed. Yes. Pull her towards you. Good. Now turn her over. Hard. Do it. Idiot. Yes. Yes. Such a pretty cunt she has. Such a pretty, pretty cunt. So dark. She gleams, ya? She's trying for us. For me. Tell her. Speak to her. Tell her she is wet. Tell her that she is a cunt, just a pussy for us. Tell her. The words jammed in my throat and staggered, but they came. I felt my body break sweat from my feet to my face, a fever of, of fear and disgust that made everything waver in the hot room. I wanted to drop away, to give everything totally and just let him have me do whatever he wanted to do with her. I just didn't want to watch anymore, but I didn't think, not once, cutting the connection. I didn't know why then, and I don't know why now. Take, your, take off the, your blouse. Take off your bra. I know they're hard because I can feel them. Do nothing. Do, do not say anything. Just stand. I did. She turns quick and wraps her lips around my right nipple, sucking with her strong lips, teasing it with her strong teeth. One hand, her right, reaches up to tickle my left. Take her hair. Force her back. I do, drawing drawing her off my nipple. Then she's, done, she's free, panting like she'd been running, eyes fixed, first on my crinkled, crinkled hard nipple and then second my face. Draw her up, pull her up by her hair, do it. I lifted her by her hair and with my other hand her chin. She helped by climbing up onto her knees. Then she was kneeling in front of me, a nipple like a drop of coal on her breast. I saw mesmerized and fallen free of her bra, tear it off. I did, my arms following his directions, my mind disconnected and retreating into doing exactly what he said. Her breasts were lovely and as dark, large but not fat, bigger than mine. They barely fell as the bra snapped and I tore her in my hands. Um, She, almost falling backwards by my earnest ripping, two nipples out, then, both large and hard, blacker on black. Tell her if she makes a sound or moves away, the game is over, and I will leave. Tell her, I do, his words falling from my mouth. Take her nipples in your hands and thumbs and squeeze. Hard, harder than that, you idiot. This is what she's here for, do it. I think about reminding him of our contract, that they could have a case um, of cutting him for abusive treatment on me. I don't though, I didn't. I can't say a word. I just take her nipples and capture them, my hot and sweaty hands, dimly aware of his cock, a phantom ache of hardness somewhere and squeeze as hard as I can. Her eyes get weird, go wide. She began to breathe hot and heavy, like a horse after a race, sweat making her reflect the dim green light in the room, polishing her with pain and something else. I was aware of her smell, rich and strong, as I watched her pupils widen until she stared at me. At me? Black walnuts quivering in pure cream. Run your fingers through her cunt. Get her juice on your fingertips. Hold them in front of her face and say, this is what you are. I did. My body did. My mind in the back, shaking with fear and something else. She she sucked my fingers, tasting herself and growling in heat. Take her. Turn her hard and throw her on the bed. I did. Her ass was tight, hot, and glimmering on the bed. Her smell was even stronger. She rose up on all fours, the perfect globes of her ass parting, showing me herself, offering herself to me. Hit her. I held the crop and did not move, trapped between his bellowing voice and my own arm. I only do what he says, what I have to do. He does not have control. I will break the connection, pull myself, zip out, and leave. I will. Coward, you are afraid. God, you feel it, and, but you are scared. She wants this, she needs this as much as I need this. She wants the crop, idiot. She wants to feel your force, your power. That is why she is here, why I am here. Do it now, fool, or I'll break and report you. We do this because we want to do this. I take nothing that is not offered. Look at her, she wants it more than your body. Hit her, damn her, hit her and give us what we both want. Anger was a vibrating wire in my guts around my spine. The crop was light in my hand, but I know it felt it more than I did. My senses rerouted to my fare. Hit her now. The anger was an echoing copper taste in my mouth. He must have complained. VR slanged in one hand to transmit his dissatisfaction to dispatch because first warnings scrolled by. Hacks were allowed only to. Anger then. At him, her, or me, I didn't know. Didn't even know now. I hit her clumsy and inaccurate good but aim better hit her light at first get her used to your hand the toy tap her aim for the sugar, the sugar spot there between her tailbone and the top of her thigh parallel with her cut here there hit her there I did my hands light at first but with growing frustration and angry him her me him her me Soon my hand and the crop were a vibrant blur, its plastic tip slapping on her rich, dark ass. She quivered and shook, moaned and jumped. She made noises, no lover, before her sense is made for me or any of my fares. She leaned back to get closer to each blow, then jumped forward at the crack of it, flexing, nodding her magnificent ass. Her, she echoed the impact with the clenching of the muscles in her thighs, her cunt. Good, good, now you understand. Feed her the crop. Use it to make her moan and beg, cry and scream. Use it, make her hard and fast and mean, yes. My cock was hard, a ghostly ache I couldn't touch. Somewhere, distantly, shamefully, my own cunt was steaming, aching to be touched, licked, satisfied. The crop went from a blur to a humming whack as I used it faster and harder, harder and faster. She wasn't just moaning towards the end. She was crying and screaming with each slapped impact. Then... Fuck her. I didn't have a real one, and his was wherever he was, but I knew and he knew exactly what he meant. I climbed up on the bed and sank my right hand into her, feeling the burning heat of her ass, the furnace of her cunt with first one, then two, then three, then four fingers. It was only an aftermath, though, as he came as she came from something our quick fist couldn't couldn't touch, the whip itself. Then he was gone, pulled away and out. Available flashed across my vision. She was quivering, shaking from the crop and maybe from my hand, just a little. Sadness dropped over me, and I felt like crying. Her ass was burning, so hot from the beating we, no I, had given her. She didn't seem to be able to relax, even as I wiped my hand on her of her wetness. Carefully pulled the bedclothes up and over her and put a pillow under her loose, rolling head. She shill jumped and quivered from the crop. I tucked her in and kissed her forehead. Her face seemed to be on fire and her breath was quick and hot. I wanted to cry, the tears heavy in my eyes, making the room seem submerged. I went to leave, but then she called from the bed, a small voice. I went over to her, knelt down and said, sorry. Then she said, then she said, call me, please call me. I smiled and patted her head almost, almost saying that I would. But then I knew totally then and there that she didn't mean me, didn't mean Moss. She meant him.
0: Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drloribethbisbee.com and drloribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly Internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lori.beth at press. Have a great week.